0: Love Talk radio.
1: Hello. You're listening to the Clear Money Program's online radio show, and we'll be interviewing realtor Michael Rittner today about home buying. Soon we'll actually be hosting a live home buying class at our credit union uh, at 1041 Acoma Street, and you can go to our website to sign up for that under our Clear Money Program. The date for that is May 10. That's Tuesday at 6 p.m. And our website is denvercommunity.coop, so denvercommunity.coop, and then if you put slash education, it'll jump you to our Clear Money program site. So I'm your host, Helen Gibson, Community Relations Coordinator at Denver Community Credit Union. Denver Community is a not-for-profit financial cooperative serving the people of the city and county of Denver. If you're interested in joining our cooperative or learning more about us, you can go to that same website, denvercommunity.coop. As mentioned, our expert today is Michael Rittner. Hello, Michael. Hi, Helen. Could you start by telling us a little bit more about you?
0: Yes. First of all, I want to thank you for having me today. As you said, my name is Michael Rittner, and I'm a realtor in the Denver metro area. I've been selling real estate for five years now. i began to- Began selling real estate after graduating from the University of Northern Colorado in 2006. I actually received my real estate license prior to graduating. I'm a Denver native and grew up in the metro area, so I know the town very well. I work alongside my dad, Bill Rittner, who has over 30 years of experience as a realtor in Denver. Almost four years ago, we started Rittner Realty, Inc., and have not looked back. I really love being a realtor and Especially enjoy helping our first-time home buyers throughout the process.
1: Sounds like a, a rewarding thing to do to help out the first-time home buyers. Am I That's correct in thinking that?
0: Yes, absolutely. I just I, I love like to help them through the process, walk them through the contracts, the uh, really just let them know uh, you know what it's like to firsthand purchase their first home because it's uh, definitely their biggest investment.
1: Okay, and what exactly is the difference between a realtor and a real estate agent?
0: Well, that's a good question, and one thing to understand that uh, when everybody gets licensed and becomes a a real estate agent, basically, and in order to call yourself a realtor, you must belong to the National Association of Realtors, um, which by joining this association, you're required to attend an ethics class and sign a document that you are going to adhere by a strict code of ethics that the National Association of Realtors creates. And so by doing that, you're able to call yourself a realtor, and uh, you just kind of uh, agree that you're going to abide by those code of ethics, whereas if you do not belong to the association, you can really only call yourself a real estate agent.
1: Okay. And then... As far as is there continuing education, or is this something that you could agree to ten years ago, and it's um far in your past, but you still get to hold the title
0: well there's a yearly yearly dues that you have to pay, and by doing that um you you belong to the National Association and then the Colorado Association, and then also you pick a local board that you belong to. And by belonging to your local board, you're required to, I believe, 24 hours of continuing education every three years to keep within good standing with the uh, National Association of Realtors.
1: Excellent. So if I know that as we get into this show, you're going to share some different information with us, but people might want to contact you to with their specific questions. Is that okay with you?
0: Yes, that's great. I'll go ahead and give my cell phone and my email number. My my direct cell phone number is three zero three nine two nine one six six seven. And then my email is M B Boy R I T T N E R at M S N dot com.
1: Okay, excellent. So my first question for you regarding home buying is if I'm considering buying a home, what should I do first? Where should I start? Should I call up a realtor? Should I start driving around? What should I do?
0: We always recommend when somebody is first beginning or thinking about uh, purchasing a home, the best thing to do would be to contact a lender such as Denver Community Credit Union, uh, your bank that you bank at, a local bank, or just any other accredited lending institute this really is the first step to make sure you can first qualify to purchase a home, but then also uh, the lender will give you, uh, you know, an idea of what your price range would be because there's no use in looking at houses that might be way over your price range if you really can't qualify for them.
1: Right. And you probably won't like any of the houses that are cheaper if you fall in love with something much more expensive.
0: Absolutely.
1: Excellent. And I, I guess along that line, do you have an idea if my take-home pay each uh, month is like two thousand, what's kind of kind of the amount of home I could afford? Is there some like, like just estimation?
0: Oh, yeah, there's, um, and again, I'm not a lender, but uh, there's an estimation with because the interest rates are so low right now. You can estimate approximately when you're purchasing a home that for every thousand dollars you borrow, it's going to be about five to six dollars. Um, uh, of course, depending on your interest rate, uh, about five to six dollars per thousand dollars borrowed. Okay. So if you if you're borrowing a hundred thousand dollars, your payment you know, is going to be somewhere around five to six hundred dollars.
1: Okay, but that doesn't include, like, home insurance and taxes, and a lot of people make you escrow that as part of your payment, correct? Correct. Okay. Well, that's helpful. So you're you're coming not from the lending side, as you spoke about, so let's look at what you're doing, and that is, what do I look for in a home? What are the most important things uh, I hear a lot of people say you have to be in a school district, or there are very popular neighborhoods in Denver for different reasons, and then there are some unpopular ones. What uh, are important things for that for a new home buyer to look for in a home?
0: Well, well you know, it all depends a lot on what the, that specific person is looking for, but a lot of you know, a lot of things to consider. Obviously, location. Um, whether it could be to, uh, you know, the light rail or mass transit, because it seems that Denver, you know, now is really trying to to create the light rail. And uh, I feel like in the near future that once that uh, union station redevelopment is done, that anywhere close to a light rail is going to, you know, have a big impact, I believe, on on property value. Another thing to think about, um, like you said, is school, school districts. There's... You know, if somebody, a young couple, is looking at moving in somewhere that they plan on being there for quite a while and having kids and growing the family, then, uh, you know, they might want to do some research on what the school district is there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, those are really two of the bigger ones.
1: Okay, so um, school district, light rail. And even though Denver has, or not Denver, Colorado has school of choice, is school district still a huge factor in your opinion?
0: Well, I think uh, a lot. You know, a lot of people think um, about different school districts differently. Uh, again, it's not it's not my opinion, but uh, you know, I think that there is a, you know, some different uh, ideas about different school districts around town. Uh, but again, everybody has their own opinion, and and some people, um, you know, some people maybe want to go to the school or have their child go to the school that they went to. Oh. Or, uh, you know, have a, have their child go to a school maybe near a daycare, or near a preschool they were, went to, um, you know. It just kind of all depends on, um, you know, what, what that specific person is. Everybody's different, so.
1: Mhm. So how do they know if they're getting a good deal? So if I'm out there home buying and I see this house and it has this price, how do I know as just a normal consumer that that's a good price?
0: Well, that's a good question because most of the times when I'm out showing buyers' houses, they always ask me, well, while we're at the house, you know, what do you think this house is worth or, or what would be a good offer? And it's very hard to say because the way that, that realtors, may, you know, do uh, figure out what a good offer is, is we need to go back and do what we call a, a little mini comparable market analysis where we we look at the neighborhood where the house is at and we get into the metro list which is the database where where all the realtors put all their listings and that's where we're able to do all of our research and we we pull up comparable properties that are like the one that the buyer's interested in and and based on those comparables we come up with with an idea of what we feel, you know, is a is a reasonable price for the property whereas a lot of buyers will say, well, I think uh, from the research I've done or from what I hear that it's always about 6 to 8% lower or 10 to 12% lower but you can't just take those numbers and and throw them over because one house might be way overpriced mm-hmm. and if you take that theory into consideration then you still may be overpaying but if you have mm-hmm. a place that is priced very competitively then mm-hmm. you know maybe a full price offer might have to work or maybe just a little bit lower so you just uh, you have to do your research and and so you know, make sure your realtor goes over the comparable properties with you so that you feel comfortable with what you're offering.
1: Mhm, and I know that you know the contract part when you're putting in an offer and you're going through that for me as a new home buyer, I remember that being so full of stuff I didn't know. Do you have advice for people who are about to make that first offer who are? dealing with the contract language for the first time as far as giving them confidence to get through that?
0: I would recommend have your realtor go through the contract with you because the contract can be, I mean, it's a legal contract. It's written mm-hmm. by the, the Colorado Real Estate Commission, and, it, you know, it's 15 pages. It's not an easy read, so I I always enjoy taking the time to go through the contract paragraph by paragraph and paraphrase, you know, what this legal jargon is so that my buyer understands exactly what they're reading because mm-hmm. it, as a first-time home buyer it it can be a little overwhelming and you tend kind to of feel like you're signing your
1: life away there. <laughs> That's exactly how it felt. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you're about to make an offer, are there conditions that you can set up? to say, well if this doesn't happen then this offer goes away or something like that?
0: Yes, absolutely. There there's there's a lot of ways in the uh in the contract to buy and sell that that really do protect the buyer. You have uh you know your your title deadline which uh, the title company will provide you with a title commitment that is gonna uh, ensure that when when the property gets sold that the transfer is going to be titled from are transferred from the seller's name into the buyer's name with no means on the property, no encumbrances, that the mortgage is going to be paid off, and that the buyer is going to get getting clean title, which is you know, a big deal. So, if for some reason, that's kind of the first deadline, the title, that if the buyer, if there's something on there that the buyer isn't uh, satisfied with, they can terminate the contract and get their earnest money back.
1: Ooh, earnest money? Yes,
0: earnest money. What is that? Earnest money is almost like a deposit when you submit an offer you're gonna you're going to uh write a check and it's it's called earnest money it's It's kind of a deposit. The title company will hold that in their escrow account and at closing, if you make it through all the different conditions at closing, that earnest money will be credited towards your down payment. And if you're going through the contract, and for some reason you terminate, and when we say terminate, that means you're going. If you can terminate at a deadline, you're going to get your earnest money back. So the title is one of the deadlines. Inspection is another big one. Uh, always, I always recommend that that a buyer inspect the property.
1: And, and by inspect some, the property you mean hire someone to come in. just yes, an expert.
0: Absolutely. Hire a third party expert inspector. Make sure that they are insured because if they're not, um, you know, there can be some there there can be some liability issues there. So make sure mm-hmm. your inspector is insured and the inspector will come in and perform his inspection mm-hmm. and they'll provide you with a report and if there are, you know, way too many big things that that you don't feel the buyer doesn't feel comfortable moving forward with they can terminate the contract with written notice okay. and get their and get their earnest money back.
1: Okay, so that uh, seems fairly important to understand when those dates are that you could get that earnest money back if uh, things weren't working out.
0: Absolutely, and that's why it's important to make sure you understand and make sure your realtor goes over all of those dates and deadlines in the contract to buy and sell so that you know, hey, this date is when we need to get this done. And if I have a, you know, if I'm not comfortable with the inspection or I don't want to move forward, I need to make sure we get in, you know, that my broker gets in written notice
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: by this date, an inspection notice, so that I can get my earnest money back because mm-hmm. that's, uh, you know, that's uh, you never want anyone to lose their earnest money.
1: No, I guess not, and I think that's probably having someone on your side to help you out through the process that makes sure that doesn't happen and also being responsible of knowing that stuff, too.
0: Sure.
1: Okay, so I hear a lot of people and because i work in financial services and personal finance and they always talk about a home as an investment do you think that is a wise ways to talk about or why i apparently can't speak today a wise way to talk about it or do you like is it an investment i guess after all we've seen in the last um few years uh is that a correct way to term it i
0: personally believe it is i think a home is a good investment it's It's, uh, I mean, it's the American dream, as we all say. You Mm -hmm. know, everybody wants to own their home. And I just personally believe that based on all the different financial, um, you know, there's good things you get out of purchasing a home. You get to write off all of your um, interest, your taxes, any mortgage insurance that you may pay if you have a uh, FHA or any any home with uh, under eighty percent loan to value,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: those are all those are all. Oh, you can write of off
1: mortgage. I thought that mortgage insurance wasn't. I thought only in two thousand seven you could write that off. Did I? I mean, not in. I'm not talking about interest, but specifically the PMI payments.
0: So, yeah, as far as I know, you can. Um, obviously. Call an accountant before.
1: <laughs> Obviously, but you're not non- <laughs> an accountant, a tax advisor, and you're not giving tax advice on my radio show. Yes, so, but or okay, legal advice. Or
0: legal advice. But <laughs> or legal no advice. God, I did. I did get a. Uh, I believe a W-9 from. Um, from my bank with uh, with uh, mortgage insurance on there. Oh. Okay. So, but again, try, talk to talk to a lender <laughs> that they might yeah. know, or talk to uh, yeah. talk to an accountant, but. Mm-hmm. Minus even without the mortgage insurance, just the ability to write off the the amount of interest and the um, and the taxes. Just I mean, it helps out.
1: Uh, yep. It does. And,
0: and then the you know, it's always interesting to see. I know there's some uh put, things out there on the internet you can find where they do the rent versus own and show how much money you put towards rent. Mm-hmm. But you basically get you don't get any of it back. And whether you know, the the long run has shown that that investing in real estate is going to, uh, you know, be a, have a positive outcome. Yeah, if you bought two years ago and you need to sell today, it might not have been the best investment, you know. But mm-hmm. the people that are able to wait uh, this this little, uh, you know, bottom right now. <laughs> Mm-hmm. they, you know, it, it, it most likely is going to pay off. But, again, you can't say that for everybody.
1: Mhm. So, I mean, I'm going to make you step outside of what you usually would talk about and ask sure. you who shouldn't buy a home. Like, if I'm living this way right now, this is not a good choice for me.
0: Um, Who shouldn't buy a home? I mean, obviously the lending in- industry has tightened down a lot on on. Uh, credit scores, so I think that I think that they they are starting to you know do a decent job on on you know not lending money to maybe people who who shouldn't have money but mm-hmm. somebody you know somebody that either isn't planning on staying in Denver or somebody that maybe has a job that they might get transferred because again you you know you can't you can't expect to. Purchase a home and sell it within a year or two and make money off of it. It's more of a long-term investment. Or even break-even,
1: probably. Yeah, absolutely,
0: mm-hmm. absolutely. So somebody, you know, you might have to, you might need to stay for three, five, seven years to, you know, in order to, in order to, you know, hopefully make some money off of your investment.
1: hmm Excellent. And related to that, a lot of people throw around the word closing cost. What exactly are they talking about when they're talking using those words?
0: So, closing costs are fees that, that uh, the lender charges and the title company charges. And what the lender charges uh, is sometimes for what they call an origination fee. And okay. that fee is typically anywhere from, it could be zero, but it could be up to 1% and possibly even more. But... One percent of what? Of the loan amount. Okay. And that and that fee uh, is is how the lender is gonna is gonna make his money. And there's a lot of other fees, uh, an appraisal fee, uh, the, all the closing and document prep fee. Okay. Um, and, uh, all of those get bundled into what we call in the real estate world as closing costs. Okay. And what a, a lot of the times what happens with first time home buyers is that you know you're, you may not you may be doing an FHA loan which is three and a half percent of the down payment of the purchase price,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and as a first time home buyer, that three and a half percent may be you know you've been saving up for that, and mm-hmm. to have another four to six thousand dollars for closing costs is a lot of money. Yes. So a lot of times what first-time home buyers will do is they'll save their money for the down payment and then they'll ask for the seller to pay for the closing costs.
1: Ah, uh, so they keep more cash, but their loan is bigger.
0: Yes, their loan will be a little higher. You, you basically ra- tie it into the back end of the loan. So um, your loan will be a little bit higher, but then you don't have to come up with that money, uh, mm-hmm. you know, to purchase the house.
1: Mm -hmm. So it makes it – I think that a lot of times first-time home buying is a lot more difficult than maybe second time because it does have to be all cash. There's no, like, waiting for your house to sell or there's no investment, to use that word again, from previous times to cash. Right.
0: You're having to come up with, uh, you know, all of the money, whereas if you're a a first-time seller, you know, you may be – might be getting ten or twenty thousand dollars, I don't know, out of your house that you, you know, have mm-hmm. paid down the mortgage over five or ten years. And so that money you can take and maybe go put towards another house. Which, but as a first timer, like you said, you gotta come up with that cash uh, you know, right there.
1: Yep. So you said FHA and I think a lot of people aren't familiar with like the different FHA, VA and just conventional. Can you do a brief rundown of what each of those mean and what we're talking about when we discuss those? Sure.
0: So, FHA is what I would say is typically what most first-time home buyers are are using as a type of loan to purchase their first house. And FHA is a government uh backed organization. It's the Federal Housing Administration. And that, in order to get an FHA loan, you only need 3.5% of the purchase price to use as a down payment. So that, that is why it's mostly appealing to most of the first-time home buyers. And with that, you do have to pay, like you said, the private uh, mortgage insurance, uh, PMI or MIP, whichever people some people say differently for mortgage insurance <laughs> premiums. Um, but you do pay a small uh, insurance fee there, and that gets just tagged on to your monthly payment. So a lot of people are doing that. Uh, VA is obviously for veterans, mm-hmm. and um, you, you, you have to be a veteran, obviously, in order to get that, but um, that's kind of tied. That's another government uh, loan. Um, their rates are pretty similar to what FHA are. And then if somebody does have a little bit more money to put down, whether uh, you know it's their own, you can always get a gift. Uh, as a down payment but you, somebody could do what they call a conventional loan which can be anywhere from you know having 10 to 20% of the purchase price for a down payment
1: mm-hmm.
0: and so with that if if you go that way then you do not pay any of the mortgage insurance so well it's unless
1: your- you're if you're at 20% you don't pay the mortgage insurance right if you're at 10% you probably are paying for it
0: Right, unless you, you know, you might be able to get 80-10-10 uh, uh, or something. Which oh, I yeah. They, I don't know if they're doing them much anymore, but I know they were doing them maybe five years ago where you get a uh, 10, 10% down and you get a little mm-hmm. 10% second. So there are ways to, you know, avoid paying the extra mortgage insurance, but again, that would be something to talk with, uh, you know, Denver Community Credit Union about or any other lender to make sure that you know, you get into something that fits for you and that you're comfortable with. That's really the ultimate thing. You don't want to be housed for. You don't want to be dumping all of your money into your house payment and not feel comfortable, that, you know, with the decision mm-hmm. you made.
1: Because if you're pumping it into your house payment, you're not saving for your kid's college and you're not saving for your retirement.
0: Exactly. Which
1: are both fairly important items. You can tell I do personal financial coaching. Right. <laughs> uh. So... One thing that I have on here, and we're not going to get to all my questions because uh, there's just so much information. So I invite people again to the class that you're doing with us along with one of our lenders uh, on Tuesday, May 10. But uh, when I'm deciding to pick a realtor, a real estate agent, whichever it happens to be, uh, what would you say is the one thing I should look for or maybe one or two things I should look for when I'm making that decision?
0: Uh, I I just really think that you should really trust the person who you're allowing to basically make probably the biggest investment monetarily wise that you're ever going to make. I just really think that you should trust that person, and you should really feel comfortable, you know, allowing them to assist you throughout the whole process. Okay. Um, one thing I always I always give people references, so uh, you know the best way to Find out if somebody is, you know, reliable or has has obviously helped other people. Just maybe call some of mm-hmm. some past clients of uh, of your realtor and make sure that you know that that you feel comfortable really using them.
1: That's a good idea to request references and Absolutely. and kind of make that choice. And how do realtors? I added realtor and real estate together to make a new word. Realtors. How do they uh, make their money?
0: Yeah, that's a really good question, and that's a huge. You know, a lot of first-time home buyers don't don't know that they pay us. Yes, but the way a a uh, we call them a selling broker. I know it sounds a little funny, but the selling broker is the, is the agent who is helping the buyer. And then the listing broker is the agent who is, is representing the seller. So the selling broker gets paid by the listing agent or the seller. So the seller pays all of the real estate fees. So um, typically what happens, the seller will, will pay the fees and to the listing broker, and of that listing broker's fee, they give the selling broker a co-op, is what we call it, a cooperation fee for bringing the buyer to the transaction and doing all the work on the buying end. So we get paid either by the seller or the listing broker. The buyer does not pay us.
1: Excellent point to make. Now, we are running really low on time, and I want you to share your contact information again, so would you please do that?
0: Yes. Again, my name is Michael Rittner with Rittner Realty, Inc., and my telephone number is 303-929-1667. And I'll give you my website this time, and that has all all of my contact information, but it is www.denverareahouses.com.
1: Oh, excellent. And I just want to remind everyone that you can come to our class at 6 p.m. on May 10th at 1041 Acoma Street. There's no charge for parking, and I provide a light dinner. Uh, And you can meet Michael in person. Thank you for listening to our Clear Money Programs online show. And to register or to find more information, just go to our website, DenverCommunity.Coop. And if you click on our Clear Money program and then you click on Classes, just to make you click all the way through, you can go ahead and register right there, or you can always contact me directly, and that is at education at denvercommunity.coop or 303-573-1170. And my name is Helen Gibson, and my extension is 1754. So thank you to all our listeners today, and thank you also to you, Michael, for being here. Thank you. And have a great day, everyone. (laughs) Goodbye. Okay.